Ezekiel chapter 37, now chapter 36, chapter 37, chapter 38, chapter 39 in particular all deal with Israel. And we're going to talk about some future events tonight. And uh, don't ask me when it's going to happen. I'm just going to tell you when uh, it's going to happen. And you can put the time on it if you want to. But it's, in, it's exactly when God sees appropriate and, and ready for it. And I believe we're getting closer to that every single day of our lives. We're living in the last days. You don't have to convince me that. I see what I see and hear what I hear. And look at what I see out in, in the public every day and people's lives. And I know good and well that we're close to the coming of the Lord. And uh, we'll kind of give you an idea where it's going, what it is. But we look at this. Now, used to, when I first started preaching, I would preach the first ten verses of Ezekiel chapter number 37. And then I'd leave it all alone. Because I didn't know anything else about the rest of it. First ten verses, I'd use those and I would, I would preach it as a salvation message. And, uh, cause I heard the old song when I was just a boy and heard it for a long time. The knee bone comes to the leg bone, the leg bone, you know, all that stuff. And I said, this is fitting. And I thought it was kind of comical to start off with that. But, you know, the Bible is not just written for, for that. It's written to give us the truth and, and it explains itself pretty well. And so we're going to look at it tonight. And I'm going to try to take the whole chapter. That's probably biting off more than I need to chew and more than we can handle, but I'll at least give you just a little bit to go home and study on. And uh, we could preach on this for a long time. Some of you heard it preached on several times. I preached it two or three times here in the course of years. But some of you I know sitting here tonight, you had not heard me preach it, but you, uh, you may have heard somebody else. So we're going to look at it tonight in chapter 37. Stand and let's read together. Of Ezekiel, and we'll read the first uh, few verses of it, and then we'll stop and pray. The Bible said, The hand of the Lord was upon me, that's good, ain't it? And carried me out in the Spirit of the Lord, and set me down in the midst of the valley, which was full of bones. Now that's a strange thing, isn't it? And caused me to pass by them round about. And behold, there were very many in the open valley, and lo, they were very dry. And he said unto me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord God, thou knowest. Again he said unto me, Prophesy, that means preach, upon these bones, and say unto them, O ye dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord God unto these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter into you, and ye shall live. And I will lay sinews upon you, and will bring up flesh upon you, and cover you with skin, and put breath in you, and ye shall live, and ye shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I prophesied, there was a noise, and behold, a shaking, and the bones came together, bone to his bone. And when I beheld, lo, the sinews and the flesh came up upon them, and the skin covered them above, but there was no breath in them. Then said he unto me, prophesy unto the wind, prophesy, son of man, and say unto the wind, Thus saith the Lord God, Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon these slain, that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came into them, and they lived and stood upon up upon their feet, 
an exceeding great army. You can be seated. Dear Father, tonight we pray that we might be able to rightly divide the word of truth, that, Lord, we might just say what needs to be said, no more, no less. Lord, help us not to add any of our thoughts to it tonight, but, God, may we uh, rightly divide the word of truth. And I pray, God, tonight you touch this crowd, this people. Open our minds of understanding. May we receive and comprehend the things of the Lord. And may we apply these tonight in our present evil hour. God, see what you have to say. And Father, help us to understand why this is put in the Word of God. We'll give you the glory, the praise, and the honor. In Jesus' name we humbly pray. Amen. Now going back, please, to chapter 37, verses 1 down through the first verses I read. I noticed things about it. He said that there's a valley here that's full of bones. And he told him to go preach. I preach to bones. That's a strange thing, isn't it? Some of the things God asks us to do sometimes strange. And he said, go down and preach to the valley. It's full of bones. In verse number 2, we find out that uh, there were very many bones in verse 2. And also that there were very dry bones. They'd been there a long time. And uh, we talked about that. I have down through the years, and I use that, as I say, as an application to somebody that's lost and God bringing them together and how it needs. But what happens is, he said, and that's not what is actually the interpretation of Scripture at all. But we're going to look at this. What he said is, go down there and preach them bones. When you get down and preach to them, uh, you know, uh, I'm going to put flesh on them. I'm going to have them to have flesh, sinews, and bring flesh upon them and cover them with skin and uh, put breath in them, let them breathe, and they'll live. That's a strange thing for a bunch of bones to live. Strange thing. And uh, so then uh, that's exactly what Ezekiel done. He preached to them. He said, get up. And they did. They got up, and uh, we'll see that, well, they had the flesh on them, and uh, there was a noise coming together, bones come together, and they come to the right place and everything. There's a shaking and uh, then what happened is, uh, the Bible said the skin covered them above, and there was no breath in them. They didn't breathe. They was dead. Uh, dead bones with flesh on it won't live. And uh, so it needs the breath. The breath is a type of the Spirit of God. It's a type of the touch of the Lord. Remember the Bible said when God made man out of the dust of the ground, He breathed into His nostrils. It became a living soul. That's the breath of God. The Spirit of God began to work in them without... The breath of God in us, the Spirit of God. Listen, we wouldn't be here. Amen. I'm talking about the breath of God. It's what breathes. Well, they, they got the breath of God. And we find that they stood up a great army on their feet. Now, I want, I want to just go down and look. And here's where we're going to spend the rest of the night. I could preach right there on those for a long time. I mean, I could talk about how uh, these must be Baptists. They're just bones. And dead bones. Amen. And, uh, but that's not what it is. In verse 11, uh, Ezekiel begins to tell us, and he does it in the rest of the chapter. And uh, we'll see two phases of this thing. And uh, we'll look at it in verse 11. He said, Then he said unto me, Son of man, he said, These bones, and he begins to explain what these bones are, these bones are the whole house of Israel. The whole house of Israel. It's the Jewish nation. Now, the Jewish nation scattered tonight. Now, they might, 
they weren't scattered here when Ezekiel told about it, except some of them were and so forth and things that happened. But he's saying these bones are the whole house of Israel. He said, behold, they say our bones are dried and our hope is lost. We are cut off from our parts. And uh, he's trying to give us some life's days or some times when God begins to deal. Now, the church will be out of here when this takes place. I'll tell you that much. Uh, this is not something that's going to happen to the church. It's church is going to be gone. This will not happen until the church is gone. Now, a lot of people got some different ideas about it. and can tell you all that. You said, when's that going to be? I don't know. Uh, the Lord's going to be right on time. Amen. He'll be right on time with it. And uh, what's happening, Israel, this is talking about a nation being born. God's going to pull them back in. Now, back in 1948, when Israel became a nation, uh, we've always looked at that as a regathering of Israel. And there was a portion of Jews regathered. But there's still a lot of Jews around the world that have not gone back to Israel yet. And a lot of them, there's a lot in Russia but the most of them are in, a, in the U.S., United States of America. Uh, back sometime, several years ago, I dealt, uh, dealt with a meal over here, and I had to, I was a kind of an liaison or eight, whatever you call that, going back and forth to New York and uh, into Massachusetts, and I was a flying back and forth and dealing with some of those. And the people I were dealing with were Jews, Jewish people. New York is filled with Jewish people. And uh, you talk to them about going back to the Holy Land. I've talked to a few of And you know what? They don't have no interest to go back. They don't want, they'd rather just stay here in America. But there will be a day, one of these days, and I don't know what's going to happen and what's going to cause it, except the touch of God. It may be things that God flutters, you know, gets like, an, like the eagle does and flutter up the nest and make it uh, uncomfortable for them. To, and they have to get out of the nest and fly. But there's going to come a time when God will start pulling those Jewish people out of the world and getting them back over there because God got to deal with the Jew and He'll do it in His homeland. Now He'll also deal with some in the rest of the world too and all around the country. It'll be a worldwide thing. But I want to talk about this just for a minute. He says this is the whole house of Israel. These bones are not the church. These bones are not uh, the Gentiles. This, these bones are the Jewish nations, or the Jewish nation that has gotten separated and pulled apart and divided and sorted out all over the world. The Lord's going to put them together, and He said, Our bones are dried and our hope is lost. We're cut off from our parts. Now that Jew tonight, God's going to deal with him. And He's going to deal with him again in a great mighty way. And He's going to deal with him in the tribulation time, or the great tribulation the Bible said in verse 12, Therefore prophesy and say unto them, Thus saith the Lord God, Behold, O my people, I will open your graves. God knows wherever Jew has been and is. Amen. And now you look at a resurrection of these Jews. Look at them. He said, O my people, I will open your graves and cause you to come up out of your graves and bring you into the land of Israel. Is that what God says? He'll reach out wherever they are and uh, down the road, and here they're going to be. Now, now let me just kind of clarify something here just so, so we won't get off, off guard and get off a, off a track. 
a Jew today that is saved by the grace of God, he's excluded from this because he is a church member. Or well, we want we want we want to get away from that church member business. He's a Christian. Amen. A lot of people in the in the Baptist church are church members, but that that don't mean they're born again. And uh, so we know today that Jews get saved in this day. They will be classified as Christians, saints of God. They'll go out in the rapture. Amen. Got to get that fixed in your mind and get it. But so we're looking here. God's going to pull them Jews out and bring them back in. There's going to come a time when God's going to have a regathering of His people. They're going to be in there, and we we could we've dealt with other times about these others in the, in the Jewish nation behind. But what He says here, Oh, my people, I will open your graves and cause you to come up out of your graves and bring you into the land of Israel. And he's going to draw me in from the four corners of the earth. We saw that in one of the scriptures up there. Now, he said in verse number 13, And ye shall know that I am the Lord. They don't know that tonight, do they? They do not recognize Jesus Christ as the Savior. They do not. They don't even recognize the New Testament. They won't accept the Word of God. They, if you're going to win a Jew, you've got to do it from the Old Testament. And it said, And ye shall know that I am the Lord when I have opened your graves, O my people, and brought you out of your graves. There's going to come a time when the Jew's going to look at Christ different than he looks at him tonight. A lot of them say he's a great teacher. They'll talk about that he was a great instructor. Uh, he was a, a great person in some degree. But they never recognize him as the son of the living God. They don't recognize Him as God in the flesh. They don't recognize Him as the Savior. They don't recognize Him as the Messiah. They have rejected Him. They do not know Him as that. Amen. And so God's going to deal with that one of these days. That's, that's the reason that they're going to have a tribulation time when God's going to deal with them and work with, with their uh, past days, how that they have forsaken Him. And I'll read it again. And ye shall know that I am the Lord. When I have opened your graves, O my people, and brought you up out of your graves. Verse 14, and shall put my spirit in you, and ye shall live, and I shall place you in your own land. Then shall you know that I, the Lord, have spoken it and performed it, saith the Lord. Several times in these verses, notice the phrase, something that you're going to know. You're going to know. And uh, ye shall know that I am the Lord, uh, and shall put my spirit in you, and ye shall live, and shall place you in your own land. Then shall ye know. Several times he's mentioned that. They don't know that tonight, but they will come a time that they will know it. The Lord's going to make sure of it. And so he's going to put them in their land, and they're going to recognize that he's spoken and performed it, saith the Lord. Now, we're going to go a little bit further into this chapter, and I'm, I'm cutting it short. Because I don't want to stay all night on one little place and I want to give you an overall view of it more or less than anything. Verse 15, it said, The word of the Lord came again unto me, saying, I'm glad God don't just speak one time and leave us alone. He keeps speaking if we're where we, where we can hear. And he said, Moreover, thou son of man, take thee one stick and write upon it. For Judah and for the children of Israel had his companions. Then take another stick and write upon it for Joseph, the stick of Ephraim, 
and for all the house of Israel, his companions. Now you take these two sticks, you write one of them Judah, and you write the other for Joseph, the stick of Ephraim. And then he says in verse 17, And join uh, them one to another into one stick, and they shall become one in thine hand. That's a little strange, isn't it? Don't that sound strange? You just read that right off. You know, what in the world is he talking about? And uh, I don't worry Ezekiel understood it or not. But he explains it pretty good if you go on down and we're going to. Going to. And, uh, and we'll understand that a little bit better. And verse 17 said, And join them one to another into one stick, and they shall become one in thine hand. Amen. You said, that don't sound good. Well, the Bible said he put a man and a woman together and caught them they're one flesh. Amen. Well, if he can do that, he can do it with a stick. Amen. Two sticks. Verse 18 said, And when the children of thy people shall speak unto thee, saying, Wilt thou not show us what thou meanest by these? Say unto them, Thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I will take the stick of Joseph, which is in the hand of Ephraim, and the tribes of the of Israel, his fellows, and will put them with him, even with the stick of Judah, and make them one stick, and they shall be one in mine hand. Kind of repeats what he said. Now, do you understand yet what the two sticks are? Well, we understand that they're uh, two tribes of Israel. And, and the representative of that, and, and we'll see him breaking off. You remember the story in the Old Testament? The God of Abraham, Isaac, the God of Abraham, the God of uh, uh, Isaac, the God of Jacob, and the God of uh, Joseph? Comes right down the line. Now, verse 20 said, And the sticks whereon thou writest shall be in thine hand before their eyes. Amen. Now listen, I want you to be reminded of this one thought. The Jewish people tonight do not know specifically of what tribe they are of. That was destroyed in 70 A.D. with Titus and, and the Romans who destroyed Israel. Some of them guess and think they do. That's why they're having a little problem with this business of trying to work out the tabernacle or the temple. They're having a problem with that because they don't know who the, the priestly tribes are. And uh, when we get to Revelation chapter 7, God picks out 12,000 of those Jewish uh, men and uh, seals the seal of God in their forehead. That in itself is a miracle. I won't go into this tonight, but those, those uh, 144,000, the Bible tells them that they're men, they're virgins, they've never known... Uh, women, they've, they've, so they're, they're separate. And that, that, that in itself is a, to take 12,000 out of a tribe and, and in our modern day of wickedness and ungodliness and loose living. I mean, it'd be, look like hard to find 12,000 virgins out of each tribe. That's a miracle in itself. God has got them out there. Amen. You can count on that. If God said that's the way it's going to be, that's the way it's going to be. Amen. And uh, and so it says here, these two sticks are going to be in their hand, and the Jews are going to see it. Verse 21 said, And say unto them, Thus saith the Lord God, 
Behold, I will take the children of Israel from among the heathen. Amen. That's where they're at today. Among the heathen. Whither they be gone and will gather them on every side and bring them into their own land. God is going to have a regathering of the Jews. And they're represented in these two sticks. Verse 23 or 22, he tells us, And I will make them one nation in the land upon the mountains of Israel. Now notice, And one king shall be king to them all. And they shall be no more two nations, neither shall they be divided into two kingdoms any more at all. Now, if you stop right there and stop and think just a minute, you've got to answer. Here it is. There was one, one kingdom when there was Saul as king. There was one king when David was king. There was one king when Solomon was king. But in the course of that and after Solomon... There was a division of the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom of the Jewish nation. One of them was Judah and the other was uh, Dan or one of them, Beersheba or something. And uh, I can't remember the second one, but it come off of Joseph in that area. And there were two kings. Now they got a king of Judah and a king of Israel. King of Judah, king of Israel. And after Solomon, you find... Two kings, two kingdoms. But God said, what I'm doing, I'm putting these sticks together. And when I get that, you're not going to have but one kingdom. God don't like dividing things. Amen. Amen. A nation divided against itself self cannot stand. A church divided against itself cannot stand. A house or a home uh, divided against itself cannot stand. It has to be brought together. And so he says here, what's going to happen is, I will take the children of Israel from among the heathen, and I'll bring them into the land. And in verse 22, he says, I'll make them one nation. There will no more be any two kingdoms. There will be one kingdom, and that alone. So he's telling us what he's going to do with Israel. Uh, so you see, and, and I can go back and show you a lot of things. When you get home tonight, go look at it. First Samuel, Second Samuel, uh, First Kings, Second Kings, First Chronicles, Second Chronicles. Look them up tonight, and you're going to find that there was a king in the southern portion and a king in the northern portion. Not in all that, but in in them books. And there's a divided kingdom, you see. And I could, I'm not going to get into why they're divided, because that's going to take too much time. But there they was divided for a reason. And so we look here tonight. And it says in verse number 23, Neither shall they defile themselves any more with their idols, nor with their detestable things, nor with any of their transgressions. But I will save them out of all their dwelling places wherein they have sinned, and will cleanse them. So shall they be my people, and I will be their God. Now, God's getting his people going to pull them. You think today the Jew is done with? Some people believe that God is through with a Jew. I mean, I've heard people talk about that. I've heard preachers and people talking. And I, when I look at them and I hear them talking, I sometimes just hear these things and don't I don't comment. Sometimes I hear preachers preach it. And uh, uh, I can't comment. Except I mutter to myself like some of you ladies do sometimes. Amen. And I say it. 
They don't know what they're talking about. And I say it's ignorance. But I say here tonight, God will bring them together. And uh, they will be put together and God's going to clean some up. He's going to make a nation in a day. That Jewish nation that God has put on the side rail will once again one day flourish. They'll plant crops and you'll never see, brother, brother to, at, the, at the fruit it's going to bear. Boy, it got quiet, didn't it? You say, you, you believe the, them Jews are going to plant? Yeah, I believe that. They're going to plant vineyards and they're going to, I'm talking about there's going to be a time that God's going to do that, especially in the millennium. Amen, the millennium. And by the way, that's where we're headed with this tonight. I'm not talking about, and it's going to be on the earth. It's going to be in Jerusalem. It's going to be over there. Now, suppose tonight uh, the church got called out. Wouldn't that be wonderful? Glory to God. Amen. I shout now for it. Uh, Amen. Just... Just, just on the credit. But I, you talk about get out of my way when the when the rapture takes place and the trumpet sounds. I'm going. Amen. I'm getting out of here quickly, fast. As a, you ever you ever uh, noticed a little dog? He he'd be out running around in the yard, and you go out and call him, "Have over." His ears stick up, especially if he hears the pan that you're going to feed him in. Or feed him with, you know. And he'll come running. Well, just as soon as that trumpet sounds, I'm going to recognize it. Some of you Baptists may look around and say, what was that? No, you won't either. Amen. If you've got time to say, what was that? You're going to be left. Because we're going in a moment, the twinkling of an eye. Faster than you can bat your eye. We're going out of here. It's how quick it is. Somebody said, you believe it's that quick? I can't imagine uh, it. Amen. I just can't imagine uh, what a twinkling of an eye is. Amen. I just batted my eye three or four times. Amen. And I don't know what a twinkle is. Amen. I mean, you start to bat it in cane, I guess. I don't know. But I'm looking at this. We're going out of here. And if if we got called out today, brother, there's going to be a time that God's going to deal with these Jews and start working with them. And I believe the clarion call will go out. And all of a sudden them Jews will have a hankering or a love or a, as the country boy says, a, a hankering just to get up and take off. They'll have a desire in their heart to head toward Israel. Now, I don't know what it's going to take and what it's going to do, but they're going to want to get into it. And within a seven-year period, brother, they'll be uh, dealt with with God and uh, they'll be in their homeland. Amen. You said all of them. I don't know about everything. I don't know all this stuff. But I read enough about it in my Bible. Amen. I don't know what Dr. Bottle Stopper said. You said I heard the, uh, the doctor down the road say this and that. Don't pay no attention to it if he ain't got no Bible on it. Amen. I was talking to somebody the other day. And they said, I believe it's going to be this way. And I said, what's the Bible say? Well, I don't know what the Bible says. I said, well, then you don't know. If you don't know what the Bible says, you don't know. Now, somebody might know what I don't know. And you may know what I don't know. And I may know what you don't know. Does that make good sense? Not trying tonight to twist anything. But I'm telling you what, if I don't know it, I don't know it. I can tell you all day long, I know how to do certain things. But 
uh, I, I may have studied it and uh, figured it out and got paper on it and watched somebody else do it. But if I've never done it myself, I couldn't tell you everything there is. to. But if I have worked, suppose I'm working on an automobile and I've rebuilt a few uh, engines or motors or whatever you want to call them. Amen. And suppose I build them, put them together and got them running and I've put them on the road and run them for you. Listen, I feel like I got a little expertise in that. But I believe I could build one. But I'm not going to tell you how to do it because I'm not sure. I ain't so sure I could ever crank one that I built. I think I could. But I don't know how long it'd take me. There's some folks that take them apart and put them right back together. And the same thing applies to my Bible. There's some things I'm sure of. There's some things I know of. There's some things I can count on. And if I know those, I'm settled on it. And I believe tonight those Jews are going back to their homeland. Now look at what he says in verse 24. And David, my servant, shall be king over them. Now isn't this kind of strange? David's gone. Ezekiel's after David. And he says David. And so somebody says, is David coming back? Amen. I'm going to show you the scriptures on that tonight. Amen. And David, my servant, shall be king over them. Who? Over Israel. Over the Jewish nation. And they all shall have one shepherd. They shall also walk in my, stat- in my judgments and observe my statutes and do them. David is known as the greatest king who's ever lived on the face of the earth according to the Jewish nation. He's not the greatest. But they believe he's the greatest. When we went to the Holy Land, they took us down and said that in that little room right there, we had a little window you could look in. And they had a coffin on the inside. I don't know where David was except over in glory. And they said that's where he's buried, and that's his. And every year they put a crown in there. They give a crown to David every year as the king, a still crowning king. And I thought about that. He is the greatest king who ever lived, according to the Jewish people. And David, my servant, shall be king over them, and they all shall have one shepherd. They shall also walk in my judgments and observe my statutes and do them. Well, is David coming back? Let's look in the Bible, in the book of Isaiah, chapter number 9. Let the Bible answer that for us. In Isaiah, chapter 9, in verse 6, the Bible said, For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. Now this child, I believe you'd already agree with me that this is going to be Christ. This is a prophecy in Isaiah 9, 6. It's Christ is coming. Would you believe that? All right. And it said, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. Has the government ever been upon the shoulders of the Son of God? Somebody said, yeah, no, it hasn't. They still deny him in many places. 
And it said, and his name shall be called Wonderful. Some of us call his name Wonderful, but not universal, right? Counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Now, could you today say that David's going to be called that? No. Can you say that David's the wonderful counsel of the mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace? You can't say that, can you? All right. Then uh, you said, where are you getting at? Verse 7. Of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. Upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it, and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. And now we're talking about again the throne of David. The throne of David. It's a little bit different than David himself than the throne of David. Now let's slide over into the book of Luke. And hold your place now in the... Ezekiel, in Luke chapter 1, the angel, you know all this, I'm just reminding you. And we know tonight that the angel came to Mary in verse 30 of chapter 1 of the book of Luke. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son and shalt Call his name Jesus, which means Savior. Every time I say that word Jesus, it blesses my heart. Amen. I get just mm, cold chills and uh, strength and something, amen, to think about Jesus. Amen. Sometimes I see some of these uh, fellas from another place and they, they name themselves Jesus and they call it Jesus. And I don't even like that. Bothers me. Uh, I'm sure they couldn't help it when they named them what they named them. But the Bible said in verse 32, He shall be great, who? Jesus. And shall be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father, David. Are we clear? Now we know it's not going to be actually David the king. It's going to be Jesus the king. Who's going to sit on his father David's throne. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob. How long? Forever. And of his kingdom there shall be no end. It's going to be an eternal kingdom. Now beloved, we're not looking for that eternal kingdom. There we have... We got an eternal inheritance with the Lord in heaven. We, and I, I want to be careful about the way I say this tonight. Those Jews are an earthly people with an earthly promise. We are a heavenly people with a heavenly promise. And if you don't get that figured out and get it straight, now you say, preacher, I know all that. Well, praise God, I'll let you teach it next time. But there's some of you, I'm guaranteeing you tonight, it's new to you. You've let some of, you probably know most of it, but you've got a thought or two tonight, surely. Has come out. Now, going back to Ezekiel. The Bible said in Ezekiel, verse 24 again, 
Chapter 37, and David, my servant, shall be king over them. And we know that's actually Jesus. And they all shall have one shepherd. They shall also walk in my judgments and observe my statutes and do them. There will be no division in the Jewish nation. Right now they're divided. God said, I'm going to bring them together. He's already told us that two ways in here. I'm going to bring bone to bone together. Amen. In the first part. And now he said, I'm going to take them two sticks where they're divided and bring them together. And they'll be one. So God's going to bring the nation of Israel together. That is a, that is a promise of God. And I'll show you that. Verse 25 said, And they shall dwell in the land that I have given unto Jacob my servant. Now Joseph come down out of Jacob, remember? Wherein your fathers have dwelt, and they shall dwell therein, even they and their children, and their children's children forever. And notice this, And my servant David shall be their prince forever. That's Jesus. Moreover, verse 26 Moreover, I will make a covenant. That's a promise. A treaty. I'm not a treaty, but a, an agreement. A covenant of peace with them. And it shall be an everlasting covenant. Everlasting means it'll never be broken again with them. And I will place them and multiply them and will set my sanctuary in the midst of them forevermore. Who's looking for a sanctuary? That Jewish nation, the Jewish people. They're wanting to dwell. They're looking for sanctuaries. We're looking for a new Jerusalem, a new heaven. My tabernacle also shall be with them. Yea, I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Isn't it amazing how that those Jews look for the tabernacle and the sanctuary? And, and uh, that don't have no interest to me as a child of God, does it you? Because he's my Savior. We don't, we don't worship like they worship. Now, verse number 28. We're not going to get into that either. I just opened up a can of worms. I know right there. Verse 28. And the heathen shall know that I, the Lord, do sanctify Israel when my sanctuary shall be in the midst of them forevermore. Forevermore. God will make them a new heaven and a new earth. And, brother, they'll dwell on that. I guarantee you. Amen. And I'm not going to get into that either because we'll be here a while. But I'm saying to you, brother, God's going to bring this Jewish nation together or the Jewish people together. And this is future. What I give you out of chapter 37 is future. Chapter 38 and 39 is too. God is dealing with chapter 36 is future for Israel. Matter of fact, Israel, uh, Ezekiel has a lot for the future of Israel. Because he's the Old Testament prophet. Ezekiel tells a whole lot. A lot of it you have a hard time understanding. And God knows exactly what he means. And there's a lot of it he hadn't revealed to me. I'll be quick to tell you that quick tonight. And anybody says they know the book of Ezekiel. From one end to the other. I, I'm just going to kind of say, mm, okay. I'll just see what he's got to say and go on. May be good, may not. And if it's questionable in my heart, I'm not going to listen to it. I'm not going to hear it. I mean, I may hear them, but I'm not going to accept it. Amen. 
I hear so many different prophets so-called. We're not in the days of prophets anyhow. I'm going to clear this up before I leave. We're in the days of preachers and pastors and teachers and evangelists. You get on the radio and, they'll, and the internet and they'll say, I'm prophet so-and-so. Or they'll say, prophet so-and-so says this. We're not in the days of the prophets. Prophets are gone. A lot of people don't believe that. A lot of preachers won't preach that. We prophesy a little bit preaching. But the days of the prophets are over. Now the prophets, there's two kinds of prophets if you want to look at it in a different sense. Prophet is somebody that tells something that ain't never happened or, and, is, and is telling future events. Or a prophet is somebody that can be one who tells what's already been told. And I tell what has been, I'm prophesying many times when I'm telling you what God said that ain't happened yet. But I ain't had no revelations. I ain't had no dreams. Well, I have, but it ain't been about the scriptures. And I've had no visions. I'm talking about like the old prophets and some of them. We're not living in the days of dreams and visions. That's, that's over. But now they will go back to that. That's how God deals with his people, the Jew. They'll see, a, John saw some visions, didn't he? Amen. God will deal with them. And I'm not going to get into that either. Boy. I ought to just keep my mouth shut and I wouldn't have so much trouble. But sometimes you speak and then people ask you a question. And then you have to take another hour and a half to try to explain it. But Ezekiel chapter 37, remember, is to the Jewish nation coming together. And they will one of these days recognize who Jesus is. Amen. See, they didn't see Jesus. They did, but they didn't recognize him as the Messiah. But they recognized David. They're looking for David. They're looking for another David. They're looking for a king. And they'll get him one day after a while. Heads bowed. May not be as far down the road either. Did you know that? Praise God. Somebody said all the stuff that's happening is going to happen. Oh, yeah. Suit me fine if you just go ahead and happen. Get out of here. Amen.